Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, episode 17. This is a special episode. We're going to do a little uh, micro-burst podcast because the noise about the Harrison exit is so loud we felt we needed to add our voices to the cacophony. Yes, if you haven't heard enough about the James Harrison thing, we're going to make sure that we put the final nail in the coffin because we got a few thoughts about it. And since we had a little shorter podcast earlier in the week, we wanted to give you another one to talk about the ongoing soap opera of the Steelers and maybe get into some uh, just a little bit of talk about the Browns and going forward in the playoffs. You know, we, we call this a soap opera. From my perspective, honestly, the only thing that really counts is what's going on in the field. Uh, the only reason we talk about this is if it would have some effect on the play going forward. Yeah, I was talking about it last night with one of my friends, with Rico. Shout out to Rico, the guy who made up the name... Uh, well, I made up the stork, but he made up the catchphrase because he always delivers. Shout out to Rico again. Um, we, I was talking about it last night. It's almost encouraging to see how the Steelers keep persevering through these constant incidents, whether it's the water cooler or the anthem or the suspension, the multiple suspensions or this or that. Those things have been plaguing the Steelers in the Killer Bees era, like suspensions and alleged uh, turmoil or whatever, you know, drama. And we always question that. How big of a deal is it? You don't really know unless you're in the room. But all I know is no matter what's happened with those dramas, it hasn't affected the Steelers' play on the field, which kind of suggests to me that they're locked in and this is a team that has matured. Well, when we talk about drama and its effect on the team, here's the question. How much effect can it have? The big difference between what you and I do for a living behind, you know, Wall yeah. secrecy, uh, HR can't share any information. Is you live your life out in the public eye. Everything you tweet, Instagram, uh, anybody that's cut, suspended, your whole life is out there for everybody to see, and that uh, that can't help but have some effect. These guys are still human beings, right? But they're immersed in it, and they seem to adjust to it. And maybe they just have a, as they have the capability to play at that high level, they also have the mental acuity and discipline to set things aside. I agree. And maybe in a weird way, they thrive on it. Like if you think about the Mike Tomlin teams, we always talk about their ability to get up for these huge games. And then sometimes when they play the games that they should win by a lot, they don't it, maybe they don't have that motivation. At least we've seen in the past, like they don't have the same energy that they have when they play these lower teams. So maybe in some weird way, the controversy fuels the team. Now, I think if they didn't have the talent and maturity and continuity level that they have, 
it would probably make for worse results. And we've seen that in the past three years. But this year, it just seems like they have really reached a point where it's a well-oiled machine. And somehow the controversy seems to be fueling the Steelers. So maybe we should be thanking James. Yeah, the fact that these guys, they're asking for it. They put out tweets. They're on Instagram. They're yeah. they're asking for the attention. Something, you know, I, I would never do and certainly not talk about my job and my coworkers. It's, it's just a whole different domain than we're used to. It is. So why don't we get into just some our quick thoughts on the Harrison thing? And I have a few thoughts about it. We, we sort of mentioned it last night and decided to save it for the podcast. But uh, why don't you kind of lead off? And what are your general thoughts on the James Harrison um, release and subsequent signing with the Patriots? Well, I'd like my, my, my guess about James Harrison has to do with him is even though he's a superhuman being, he's still a human being and he's incredibly frustrated. And it, it reminds me of that story in 2015 where he get, had his sons give back the participation trophies. And James yes. doesn't want to be a participant. He wants to be a deliverer. Mm-hmm. And he feels that he wants to play. And this is incredibly a, frustrating and it's being acted out on the public stage. That's a perfect parallel. And I'm surprised that people haven't made more of that phrase, the, particip- the participation trophy. Like you should know James Harrison by now. He had that whole hilarious, uh, it's not a media outburst, but that whole incident with the participation trophy thing. And everybody loves that about Harrison. They should understand that about him. Even in his Instagram response to everything the Steelers have said, he used that phrase participation trophy. He said, I didn't sign a contract with an NFL team at 39 years old, a two-year contract, to sit on the bench, be a cheerleader, and get a participation trophy. So, Which might – so here's what could happen. I mean he could, he could be on the Patriots. He could play. Uh, do we think he's going to be playing full games? Let, let's assume not. And let's assume the the Patriots win the Super Bowl. How meaningful will that trophy uh, be to him at that point? I think you take him, you can get him. I mean, if they win it, he I think that he he would have a role. He's not going to have an enormous role, but that's a team with needed outside linebackers, and he could contribute. But you, I have no idea how much that would mean. You're right; it's weird coming as a ringer at the end of the year. Um, Chris Long kind of had an effect like that last year for them. I don't remember when they brought him on, but he's a veteran defensive end type player and he had a crucial play in the Super Bowl one crucial play and I kind of feel like Bill Belichick does this good job of when of acquiring these veteran players everybody knows that at the end of the year and then inserting them into these roles um, like role player situations where they have their 10 to 15 snaps instead of having some rookies or, or guys who aren't good enough to start he has guys who are you know have experience and know what to do so I think we're kind of getting off track though, I want to dial down to what we actually think of James and his decision because people are all over the map with this. So what do you think about his decision to sign with the Patriots out of all teams? There was a limited number of candidates for him to move to. How many teams are in the playoffs? How many teams, I mean, he cleared waivers. Nobody was uh, knocking at the door. How many options did he have if he wanted to continue to play and get on the field? Yeah, not even 11, right? Because there's 11 other playoff teams, I think, besides the Steelers. And not all of them have outside linebacker needs. And not all of them, frankly, are even real Super Bowl contenders. So I guess we've kind of come to the conclusion. So I have some duality about this thing. Because as a human being and as a player, you you can't blame James Harrison. 
for doing this. The guy wants to play. He's 39 years old. He's still out there. He got cut by the Steelers, released by them. That is not his fault. I mean, granted, he said he wanted it to happen for weeks and weeks. And for whatever reason, he's painting the picture that the Steelers kind of misled him, both originally by saying he would get playing time, never giving him that playing time. And then subsequently, when he repeatedly asked to be released by the Steelers, they never released him. And they had him sitting on the bench as a fifth outside linebacker. So I understand professionally why he wanted to get off the team. And then, like you said, we're already at the end of the season, so he's not going to join some team whose season's about to end in a couple of days. He's going to join a contender. I don't think he joined the Patriots purposely to, to spite the Steelers, although I do think he's happy about that element now with all the anger. I just think it was the perfect storm of evil that kind of made – that resulted in this position. Well, you know, we've always held up, held up the Steelers – I mean, I think universally – for the most part, the Steelers are held in high regard, their management and their ownership. I would be really dis disappointed if uh, Harrison was misled. Do I think he got guaranteed a certain number of snaps a game? I find that hard to believe. There are just too many yeah. factors for Tomlin or Haley. Uh, I'm sorry, Keith Butler to, to guarantee playing time. Um, but the act, the the total dearth of playing time makes me think, yeah, they they may have misled him at some at some level. But mm -hmm. who knows? I guess the bottom line is you're getting paid to do a job. This is a job. You are the third string outside linebacker. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Chicolo and Moats got all the snaps this year. Yeah. He's the fifth outside linebacker on the team. Now, we probably already lost our four listeners who are all probably mad at James Harrison anyways by not giving a disclaimer before we said we don't damn him to hell. Um, but – just because I understand what he's doing as a professional doesn't mean that I find him blameless as a player or a, a person at all because it makes sense what he did from a business perspective and from a guy who's hugely competitive and wants to freaking play football. He's 39 years old. He's out there. He wants to get it done. And the situation – I don't necessarily think it was intentional, like you said, for the Steelers to mislead him, but that's what happened. I get it. But there is rarely a case in sports where there is one team that is absolutely the the enemy, in quotes, in capital letters, the enemy of the season. Golden State and the Cavaliers are the only recent ones I can think of like that, where you basically have a situation where everybody knows all roads is leading to this clash. Now, the Steelers or the Patriots could definitely lose in the divisional round, right? There's some good teams out there and some teams who have already beat them. But we're all expecting, if everything goes according to plan, the Steelers and the Patriots are going to meet in the championship game. They did last year, and the Patriots annihilated them. The Patriots have annihilated the Steelers, what, like six times in a row, almost every time they play. And James Harrison has absolutely blasted and, and mother-effed the Patriots in the media multiple times before. And I understand that that was the only team to go to, but you going to that team... I'm not going to call it traitorous. Listen, the people that are journeying, burning his jerseys, that's absolutely absurd. This guy's a Steelers legend. He won us the Super Bowl. That That's crap. But I don't think he's entirely blameless in this. You went to the enemy, and you could give them an edge in our, our best Super Bowl window chance for who knows how long. But you can't play both sides of the coin. You could say I, I see will. both sides of it. Oh. Yeah. Well, I don't know where to go with that then. I mean, did he... <laughs> 
I mean, uh, you, looking at it from his perspective, I would have done what he he did. I mean, would should he have been a stoic and just basically stayed off of Instagram and just make his move and let his actions do all of his talking? Yeah, I, I kind of hate the whole hang laundry out there. But on the other hand, we we just acknowledged at the beginning of this podcast that this is not the way business is done in the NFL. People are public about it. And he had a lot of people chirping about you know, the pros and cons of his leading and criticism from his teammates. So I guess he had to respond. I would have preferred to see him just quietly do what he had to do. But I yeah, man, make it, no mistake, I would have done what he does. He wants to play. He's going to opportunity to play for a winner. And you don't burn bridges in the NFL. It's a business. The Patriots saw a need, whether they're stealing our playbook or they just want a good outside linebacker, that's business. Yeah, and for everybody who's worried about the stealing of the playbook, even I think Max Starks or someone came out, maybe it was Trey Essex, I can't remember, one of Ben's old offensive linemen came out on Twitter after Harrison got acquired by them. He's not going to, they're not going to know the Steelers plays, okay? They switch hand signals at halftime for every game. He will be able to give them some information on the Patriots, or on basically how the Steelers view the Patriots, how the Steelers prioritize things to stop on the Patriots. So he, he will help them, but it's not like they're going to know our plays, which uh, which James Harrison said they did know our plays in the 2004 when they got caught for stealing our signals and subsequently fined $500,000 and the tape was swept under the rug by their buddy Roger Goodell. But obviously they're but a I digress. Team. I digress. So it, it is a little telling though to see the vitriol that the players have the Steelers players have come out with against James Harrison that definitely raises a few little red flags to me but at the end of the day I think that the Steelers maybe could have handled the situation better James maybe could have been less of a you know I don't want to say a diva about it but could have been less of a jerk about it while he was on the team because that's it's you don't have an obligation I guess to teach the guys behind you but it, that's a pretty cancerous, selfish move to act the way he did, leaving the stadiums and stuff when he wasn't active. But they could have handled it better on both sides. I understand James Harrison's decision to go to a team that happened to be the Patriots. But at the same time, I don't think all decisions are black and white, just good or bad. I think that his decision makes sense. But there's a trace of, of badness about it, especially since he's such a competitor. And that's the reason for why I'm playing. And you're you're basically pulling Kevin Durant and going to the team that beat you. How do you think the Steelers could have handled it better? And by Steelers, we're talking about ownership management and coaches. I guess, I don't know, maybe they could have just cut him earlier. And if they knew that they weren't going to use the guy. Um, but, but I understand why they, were, they did what they did. But you yeah, don't know why I, I they guess I, I, don't have enough, I don't have enough information. And I don't know exactly what James did. That The players are going pretty hard against him. So it sounds like, you know, he... he wasn't being a good guy about it, but I but I don't know. I wasn't there. They might just Look, be mad. The only, the only thing we know that we can that I think I can critique is James' admission that he could have handled things better, that he was frustrated, and the players con- essentially confirming that. Um, yeah. Pouncey so much as Pouncey sort of said, well, he, he did what he did, and we're moving on. Uh, I guess it was Bud Dupree who probably was more critical. But other than that, everybody served his own purpose in this scenario. And uh, gave us a little chance to have another podcast midweek. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say about it. This is horrifying. This is already burning my retina just thinking of James Harrison in that damn Patriots jersey, which has been all over Instagram. It sucks. It's horrible. 
Let's hope that uh, he doesn't contribute in any way to their victory. So if the Steelers win the Super Bowl, this season's going to make for a great uh, post, you know, Super Bowl run DVD for the Steelers. And um, at the end of the day, he's a Steelers legend. He's one of the best Steelers players ever. This will blow well, over eventually. Well, look, be consoled by the fact that jersey doesn't fit him very well. That's right. It looks like looks crap. Like, it's, it's not yeah. slimming. He looks a little chunky in it. Black and gold is way better on him. All right, we have spent our 15 minutes on Harrison. We will spend another minute or two just talking, looking forward to the, the Browns game. Yeah, there's not that much to say. It seems apparent that the Steelers are, in fact, going to sit some of the superstars. Ben, Le'Veon, I, I wondered to Castro and Pouncey, maybe, and uh, Cam Hayward. But um, overall, they'll still have a lot of their team out there. It's going to be the Landry show. I think the Steelers can definitely still beat the Browns with Landry Jones in there. Um but I also think the Browns are going to be ravenous for a win to not go 0-16. Um, I guess this just says the Steelers coaches have a lot of faith in the Patriots crushing the Jets, who have Bryce Petty as their quarterback. So I do think a, a Jets upset would be highly unlikely. But there's a lot of controversy in Steelers Nation about whether this is a good idea to sit their starters or not, because we will effectively have two weeks off, for our, our, at least not for all the starters, but for the key guys. And that there's definitely some things to think about behind that what do you think well i agree with you there's there's a lot of controversy about this again it's a business how many times do you have to learn your lesson you sit your guys and you protect them in a meaningless game the yeah. only thing we have talked about that you might do is play your starters as you watch the patriots score but the probability right. of the jets prevailing in that contest are so minuscule yeah. you do the smart thing you play the odds you sit your superstars and you protect them. I, I don't really believe I, I saw the numbers six games in a row that we won after a bye, followed by three that we lost. The game we won after uh, after this year's bye was not pretty. We won. I don't know if there's a pattern yeah. there. I'd, I'd yeah. rather see these guys heal and enter the playoffs intact. Yeah, and after that bye is when this team exploded, going from 20 points a game to, to 30 points a game. So. Maybe it'll help that way. I like what you said, though, about learn from history. I mean, to me, when you win the Super Bowl, you have to be one of the best, you know, maybe six teams in the league. And then you have to have the right luck of the right health and injuries at the right time. And like you said, learn from history. So last year, we lose Le'Veon Bell in the last game of the playoffs. That's a major factor. He He sets the rushing record in the wild card round. He breaks the rushing record in the divisional round. And then he's out against the Patriots. The year before that, you lose Antonio Brown to the Vontae's perfect uh, assault. The game before that last game of the playoffs, you've already lost Le'Veon Bell. The year before that, you lose Le'Veon Bell in the, in the last game of the regular season. So let's just reduce the amount of opportunities we have for those guys to go down because I feel like if you get the killer bees on there and some general health, you've got more than a fighter's chance against anyone. I understand the argument towards if you could somehow get – home field advantage, but you're right. Let's learn from the past. I don't have a problem with them sitting them. It is weird right. though that it's, it's two weeks though. It's not just one week since we have a buy, they get two weeks off. And that is a little bit odd because there's no occasions like that during the regular season. But to me, Le'Veon Bell, what he's top 10 in touches for a season right now, two weeks for him could, could be really beneficial. So I'm gonna look at it from that way and just trust that Haley and Ben will get a game plan together and get the ball rolling. And, uh, Let's go with that. Let's let's go with our full team. Great. Hey, thanks everybody for joining us. Hope hopefully uh, that 
put a new spin on a couple of things, even though I'm not sure there was anything left to say about the Harrison move to the Patriots. But we will be back on Monday, and I am so happy that game, the Cleveland game, got moved to one because I think at the beginning of the season it was a 4:30 game. Yeah, it's good. We'll get that thing nice and done. I am interested to see how Landry will do. He had that glorious showing last year when he had the beautiful touchdown pass to a Kobe Hamilton, 26 yarder, uh, in overtime to win that game. That was kind of a cool moment for him. Um, I think the Browns will be desperate, but I'd like to see what we can do. I kind of think Landry's game that he gets to play uh, is sort of like my golf game. My first time out of the season is always my best. Yeah, just get out there, sling a couple to uh, Justin Hunter, I guess, and we'll see what happens. All right, everybody. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Go Steelers. Here we go. Okay, bye-bye. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine.